The following show references the opinions of Guild Hall and the representatives and is for information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment advice. Guild Hall suggests that you always seek the opinion of a duly licensed professional for investment advice before you make the decision to invest in any of the mentioned products. The number one eight seven seven eight silver online. It is guildhallwealth.com. Get that precious metal advisor, the investor kit, key information you'll get every week when you uh, when you sign up at the website. I want to remind you as well as we'll get into the show a little further, talking about how to invest and use your your accounts, your RSP accounts for investing in physical metals, whether it's RSP, TFSA, RESP, and the like. And when you're doing that, for every uh, five thousand dollars U.S. invested in an RSP account with Guildhall, you will receive a gram of gold. It's pretty cool. We'll get to that. Diamonds a little later on in the show as well. But, Darren, we always start with the uh, the week that was. How was it, pal? John, it's a busy week. We had a little bit of a dip in the, pros- in the process of getting things uh, through the marketplace in both gold and silver. But year-to-date, both still hang on to very respectable gains. Despite the pullbacks in silver and gold, silver remains in the top 10 commodities year-to-date at 17.5% as of this morning. Here we're taping on Thursday this week. And gold remains in the top 20 at around 11.5% gain on the year. Now, there is some uh, obvious things that are occurring in the marketplace that we want to discuss during this show, but we're going to talk a little bit about a multitude of different uh, topics, including Russia buying gold on these dips. We're going to talk about uh, two significant developments in the silver market and the war on cash. It's getting bigger. It's expanding. We talked about India last week's show, and now uh, Citibank in Australia is also going on a war on cash. So we're going to talk about that and a couple of more topics. And obviously, when we get to Colored Diamonds, there's much to discuss. Christie's just had another big auction sale, and there were some significant prices on pink diamonds and a little bit of up-to-date information about where we think those prices might be heading. Now, as we start the show, I want to remind everybody that uh, we are happy to have you come aboard. If you're a new client, we want to welcome you to Guildhall. I want to say thank you for coming aboard as a new client. If you've opened up a registered account in the form of an RRSP, TFSA, RESP, LIF, RIFs, all the various registered accounts one can have, then congratulations and welcome aboard on that end of things. If you've taken your product home, good for you. Put it in a safe place and don't let anybody know that you have it. That's the key. Keep it safe. Keep it out of the eyes of prying people. But again, as we venture into this week, I want to remind everyone that in terms of pricing, we are a few percent lower than what we were last week. This, in some people's opinion, a lot of analysts out there saying right now is a great buying opportunity. And I guess we'll lead off the show here with what happened in Russia. It's not a big story, but it is one that certainly builds momentum as to what's happening behind the scenes. And the headline reads... Putin buys the dip. Russia's gold buying in October is the largest this millennium. I got this article on Zero Hedge because it's short and sweet. It was submitted by Mark O'Byrne from Gold Corps, and it says that Russia gold buying accelerated in October with the Russian Central Bank buying a very large 48 metric tons or about 1.3 million ounces of gold bullion. This is the largest addition of gold to the Russian Monetary Reserves since 1998 and could be seen as a parting gift by Putin to his rival President Obama. The Russian Central Bank gold purchase is the biggest monthly gold purchase of this millennium. And again, that type of news does set the tone for what we expect will be forthcoming. Now, we've talked about it for a long time. If you're a listener to the show, you know we've spent the last four or five years since that rise, the last big climactic moment in 2011 where silver reached $49 plus an ounce while gold reached over $1,900 an ounce and both metals are substantially lower uh, and again, representing great buy opportunities in terms of where they are from a percentage standpoint. Now, if you look at what the rest of the world is saying about this, well, some analysts are predicting this is an akin to come, and certainly a a bit of forecasting would uh, probably tell us that it is smart to assume places like Russia, India, China, and other countries like that in Brazil, if indeed their economies stay 
even stagnant or flatlined and do not experience any significant contraction, there will be more buying where this lies out. Now, if their economies start to falter, expect buying to pick up significantly. But this is certainly something that we're watching, and it's an important part of what's, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. When whole countries like Russia and other various countries buy gold, it is almost the antithesis of what uh, the normal citizens would expect to hear from or see from their government governments and their central banks. But this is exactly what happens during tumultuous economic times. I just want to get back um, to the India thing where they're actually bringing in large dom- denomination of notes. With, you know, the Indian government really confiscating high uh, notes, uh, I mean, it's happened in Europe. They, con- you know, they canceled the 500 euro note. The only place you could really ever ca- cash one of those was in a casino. They didn't really seem to mind what they take in. But if you look right now in India, they're paying basically on the black market almost $2,400 an ounce for gold. This is going to, you know, when when you start, there's, there's an underground economy. There's not a lot of taxes paid in India. Um but people are actually, in fact, I read something this morning that they're actually burning some of these um, big notes because they don't want to get, you know, into trouble with the, the government. They don't want to get imprisoned for, you know, kind of beating the government with taxes. But it just goes to show you that, you know, Darren was talking about it all earlier. Citibank in Australia also trying to get in to take away the large banknotes. And this is really to make everything digital. The cost of confiscating all these notes, all these ruby notes in India is going to cost billions and billions and billions. Um, in actual fact, uh, one of the articles I read, they said if you stacked all these banknotes, it would be higher than Mount Everest. Mm. Um, it's just incredible amount of notes that were printed. But it's a way for governments to bring it in to say, we're discontinuing this note. We did, you know, they did it in Canada. They discontinued a $1,000 bill. But you couldn't change them anywhere. If you wanted to go change a $1,000 bill, you had to put your social security number on it. So who in their right mind, even if they're hiding money from the government, is going to want a $1,000 bills? But I think it's coming in the States. I think you're going to see $100 bills disappear. Maybe even 50s. They want to keep it to small denominations. They want to also use digital money. If somebody, a bank, gives you a $25,000 line of credit, they're not printing up $25,000 and putting it in your account. It's a keystroke. It goes into your bank. You want to buy something out of that account, it's a keystroke. The money is not transferring. It is transferring, but again, there's a little bit of a double standard in how... They work with, you know, printing money versus digital money. So, again, we're looking at gold and silver as a hard asset. You know, you can't confiscate gold and silver out of people's hands. It just, you know, they tried it in uh, in the States, uh, I think, uh, quite a few years ago, um, and they confiscated gold when it was trading around about $20 an ounce, and the next thing they did is when they confiscated the gold, they put a put up the level to $35 an ounce. So it was one way, you know, to keep the economy going, I guess. But the value of the dollar, the value of the stock market, since Trump is, you know, going to be president, the stock market is in a euphoria state. I mean, the market has gone up on the night of his election, gold shot up $60. The next day we dropped not only the $60, but $40. And we've, you know, we've come off about 10, 11% from, from the high. We feel that gold and silver is still very, very strong because nothing goes up in a straight line. Even though the stock market is moving up, basically, we know that the Fed is going to raise interest rates a quarter of a percent. It's built into the pie. We know about this. You're going to see a turnaround in the market. Gold and silver is relatively cheap right now. Uh, silver's trading at 1630 an ounce. Gold is trading just under 1200, 1185 an ounce as we're recording the show on Thursday. I think this is a great buying opportunity. I bought myself this week. Um, I like the price, even though I paid a little bit more. I'm happy to own gold and silver at these prices. So 
If you're looking to invest, whether you go into an RSP, a TFSA, tax-free saving account is probably one of the best ways that you can put gold and silver into your account. If you're over 25 years old and have never invested in a TFSA, you can put as much as 46500 this year into a TFSA and next year you can add to it for the 2017. But this is a great way to own gold and silver. We also offer from our e-store... Go to guildhallwealth.com, click on our e-store. You can buy gold, silver to take home. Whether you're buying one-ounce silver maples, whether you're buying 10-ounce bars of silver, 100-ounce bars of silver, or gold, one-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars, kilo bars, um, you can buy, take the product home. If you're looking to buy but you really don't want to take it home, we offer the depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated. We give you the bar numbers. It's the same depository where we put your product for your RSP and your TFSA. Um, this is a great way to store product. You can visit your product anytime, as long as you give us 48 hours notice, you can go and visit your product. This is a great way to own gold and silver. And again, at these prices, I think there is more upside than there is downside. So if you look at the you know the Dow, you look at the stock market, it's a little frothy at this moment in my opinion. We went over 19,000. Uh it could go to 195, but there will be a correction. When that correction comes, it's normally hard. It's always the same thing. Last one in, first one to get hurt. And, you know, as soon as your taxi driver or cab drivers start telling you to get into the stock market, they've got a stock, that's the time to get out. (laughs) Hard assets, gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds are going to look after your wealth in the long time. When you buy gold and silver, you shouldn't even be looking at the price on a daily basis. You buy it, you put it away, Mm -hmm. you get into a, you know, some type of rhythm of buying every month or every couple of months. It doesn't matter whether it drops 2% 2% or moves up 10%. You keep on buying. one eight seven seven eight silver is that number to keep buying in guildhallwealth.com. Darren, we already, uh, what have we got coming up in the second segment? Well, we are going to expand that conversation on the war on cash with India and now Citibank in Australia. We're going to talk about two significant developments in the U.S. silver market and four reasons why silver prices per ounce are severely undervalued. A great article that I got a hold of this week and I want to let the listeners know more about. That's coming up. And a reminder once again, as Paul touched on it uh, in this segment as well, you're using your RSP accounts, TFSAs, for every $5,000 U.S. invested in said account. For a limited time, you'll receive a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. More of The Real Money Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. one eight seven seven eight silver online It's guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you learn and read how you use your RSP and other registered accounts to get some physical metals into your account as soon as you can. Darren, uh, some details. India, everything going on in this segment. Well, the war in cash just got real is the title of an article from GoldSeek that I printed off to bring with uh, with me to the show today. And the subtitle is India and Citibank in Australia. And the quick Coles notes on this, the war in cash goes global. India, Australia, and Citibank. India shock uh, over cancellation of nation's two highest denomination notes. We talked about that last week and Paul touched on it in the first segment. But India has effectively invalidated and removed about 86% of cash from circulation already. And they see runs on banks and severe financial difficulties as a, as a possible outcome in this article. Now basically, the first, the first uh, paragraph of this basically says, in a world of ultra-low and negative interest rate bail-ins and increasing corporate and government surveillance, the war on cash will be damaging to savings and wealth protection. It will primarily benefit governments and banks. Now, this is the opinion of the person who wrote this article. The editor is Mark O'Byrne, who some of you may know from GoldSeek, and the the basic gist of the article is saying, look, these are the things that are coming to light right now, and these are the things that p- potentially stand in the way of a society that's free where the people get to control their own money and get to control their own destiny and one in which they're worried may carry over into things such as social payments where you have a welfare system that's no longer in paper denominated uh, assets. It's all digital. And if it's digital, it means they could control who gets paid and who doesn't based on any criteria they might change. So there's some real fear for a slippery slope there. But better yet, the article goes on to mention and talk about the necessity to understand the ways in which a person can hold real cold currency. Paper is only one way. 
There are other various ways. Now, I talk about this sometimes at seminars when we discuss the idea of gold or silver as savings. Jeremy spent a a multitude of years developing this concept at Guildhall, and of course, we do encourage people to seek their own advice, but when we talk about gold and silver and the potential long-term of gold and silver, one thing that you have to do is look at the historical norms. And one thing, if nothing else, that gold and silver has taught us is that they both hold their value. So I might be seeking an alternative investment to stocks, bonds, and other various investments that I have, and I might go into gold and silver hoping that my 10000 is going to become 20000 Well, that's pure speculation, and that's fine. You're within your right to do so, and certainly you can do that through Guild Hall. However, if you're thinking that there is another way, there must be a better way to protect savings and, and cash that's in the bank that I don't need, that I need to keep liquid... Well, look no further than gold and silver because the last four to five decades, if we just look at the nearest uh, past, we've learned a lesson, is that, and that is that through boom and bust alike, no matter what happens in the market, we have seen an evening effect of protection on wealth. So you have 40000 in the bank, and let's just say if we fast forward 20, 30 years, would that 40000 still buy you the same amount of goods and services? The answer is a resounding no. I would say that 99% of this people listening to the show get that concept, that inflation will eat away the purchasing power, that if today I buy a shovel to shovel the snow that's about to come, it's going to cost me 12 bucks. But in 15 years from now, that same shovel is going to cost me, you know, 20. And 15 years ago, it might only cost nine. And that's just the war on uh, wealth that we call inflation. And it's a silent killer. However, If over the next 30, 20, 10, 15 years, I was to hold gold in my savings account instead of cash, then I might perhaps stand a reasonable chance based on what history has taught us of protecting my purchasing power, meaning I could go and convert that gold to whatever the currency is of that day, 10, 15 years from now, make it into Canadian cash if that's the case, and I could use it to buy the same amount of goods and services as I did 10 or 15 years ago. That's the one concept that people need to understand if you're listening to this show. It is a protector and has been historically of your wealth and will continue to do so. I have no doubt whatsoever. And of course, this war on cash against places like India and now with Citibank in Australia is just essentially telling us that it's only going to get more difficult to keep real currency in your hands, in your pockets. Remember, If you're listening to the show, it wasn't too long ago that on Thursdays when payday came, you went to the bank, deposited your check, and took out some cash for the week. Gone are those days. I come across so few people, John, that actually hold a couple hundred dollars in their pockets. And I'm going to tell you, most of the people that have a say on this are the banks and the larger institutions and the people at large will say, you can't carry three or four hundred dollars in your pocket anymore. It's not not safe. You know, you're out there shopping around for Christmas. You can't have that money. Yes, you can. It's your pocket. You know, I like to think the good in society, just like it is your money to protect. And when it comes down to wanting to do that and achieve that gold and silver, one way that you can definitely achieve that protection, like Paul's always said, it's insurance on your wealth. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom Paul. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about digital money and, you know, people rely too much on the ATM machines. They, you know, things happen, you know, you have a power uh, strike and all of a sudden you can't get any money out of a machine. Um, Gold and silver is still a currency. It always has been a currency for thousands of years. You know, silver was even before gold was a currency. I look at the ratio of gold and silver, you know, for... For centuries, the ratio was always 16 ounces of silver to one ounce of gold. Right now, we're looking at about 72 to 1. Now, even if that ratio was to come down to 36 to 1, um, you're looking at you know silver trading at 16, 17 dollars. It would be 34 dollars. You know, in Canadian dollars, that's about eight million dollars right now. But it, you know, I mean, at the rate of 1.34, 1.35, you're looking at 50 dollars an ounce. Um, I think there is a good move for this ratio to to actually start to thin down. Mm. You know, silver is, though it's a precious metal, it's used in in technology. It's used 
in all types of manufacturing. It doesn't matter whether you've got a flat screen TV. It doesn't matter whether you've got a hybrid car. It doesn't matter if you've got a missile. You know, they all contain mm-hmm. silver and they're used, especially in cell phones. You know, we throw cell phones away. You know, if silver was to go to $100 an ounce, there'd be, you know, some nation out there picking little pieces of silver out of cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it doesn't pay to do that. But the co- an- another thing as well, did we talk about um, the Silver Eagles, this, you know, out of the U.S., out of the U.S. Mint? They've actually canceled manufacturing Silver Eagles till the new year. Now, I, you know, I got in this week from the Royal Mint. They're advertising already to purchase 2017s. You want to place your order, you'll have it shipped to you straight away. Yeah. What does it mean? Is the price of silver so low that the U.S. Mint doesn't want to sell because they're paying more for the outside silver and gold than what the cost is of what they're selling at? And they know that. So I'm expecting gold and silver to move up in December and January. Last year, we had a shortage of silver going into October and November. You couldn't buy the physical product. It wasn't available. You were allocated product. We were fortunate. Uh, we deal with one of the largest wholesalers you know, in the world, so we always get product uh, delivered to us. But there was a shortage of especially 100-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars. You couldn't get the product. Now, last week when the market was smashed down, they smashed it down with paper. It wasn't physical. There was no physical sellers. It was paper. You know, there was in one day on the comics 321 tons. That's about $30 billion worth of gold that was sold. That's more than the comics had. And that's, you know, a fairly sizable portion of the year's production. Um, I think there was an actual fact total about 6,000 ton was sold in two days which is incredible. It was paper. It was not the physical product. The physical buyers, as Darren said in the first segment, was China. They were happy to buy 40 tons at a lower price. India would be happy to get hold of product right now, but they're trying to not let the population own gold. They want them to have digital money, digital money they can control. This is a great opportunity, in my opinion, to own gold and silver. You know, whether you do it through an RSP, a TFSA, uh, you know, any one of the retirement plans, whether you take it home, whether you go to our e-store, you can buy, you know, if you're just getting started, you can get what we call a combo pack. You can buy as little as 22 ounces. It's a 10-ounce bar, RCM bar. That's a Royal Canadian Mint. You get 10 one-ounce maples and two one-ounce silver bars. You can get a 50 ounce combo which again is a combination of 10 ounce bars and canadian maples silver maples we have a 100 ounce combo which is five 10 ounce bars 50 maples and you can get a 200 ounce combo which gives you a 100 ounce bar 50 10 ounce bar five 10 ounce bars and 50 maples so there's a, a selection if you want to give some presents away you can buy the combo give your kids grandkids um you know you, your people you work with what a great present to receive is something of value something that keeps on giving so you can do that with gold as well it's a great opportunity go to our store if you don't want to take it home, you wanted to store it in a safe, secure depository where you could have the ease of a telephone call to sell your product, you can do it through our depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated. If you buy a large enough product and you're buying 100-ounce bars or 10-ounce bars, you want the bar numbers, we can give that to you as well. You can visit the depository within 48 hours' notice to go visit your product. Look at it. If you you know, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. It's as simple as that. So what we offer at Guildhall is registered retirement uh, plans or pensions or whatever you want to put into. You've got depository, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated, and you've got the physical product as well to take home. You know, we don't advise to people to buy a whole load of product, take it home, bury it in the back garden or put it under the bed. It's uncomfortable under the mattress. Um, but you're putting your family in jeopardy if people know that you've got large amounts of precious metals in your home. So we suggest put it in somewhere secure. You know, putting it back into a bank, into a safe deposit box, is you're putting it back into the banking system. You want to keep it out of the system. You want to keep it separate. It's your product. It's your money. Look after it. 
Give us a call at Guildhall. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom And keep the pictures off of Facebook, too, Darren. God, I'm at, could you imagine? I'm sure people have done that before, right? All the time. I'm in several <laughs> groups where I talk to people all the time That's about right, how yeah. silly it is to put that up there. It's one thing if you're showing it in a vault and it's yeah. definitely secured product. Even but then, then. when a person goes and buys a couple of stacks of silver and gold, uh, you don't realize people are paying attention to how many times he's made that posting, and he's posted six, seven times in the last five or six months, and now he's got hundreds of ounces of silver, and he's got you know ten, fifteen ounces of gold. Prime candidate for somebody who's uh, you know a, a career criminal, and yeah. you don't want to do that. It's just silly. We've got a million reasons why not to do it, but again, don't listen to me. Do your own research. You definitely want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. But when we come back, we're going to move to color diamonds, John. We're going to Love talk it. a little bit about what's happening now with prices. Paul's got some information on some parcels coming in right now and uh, certainly some big news on what's happening in the per carat prices for a lot of the colors. So we'll go there in that direction and stay tuned after that. In the fourth segment, we'll come back with two significant develops in this developments in the silver market and four reasons why silver prices per ounce are severely undervalued. Then number one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com and in advance of getting to the diamond segment here in a few minutes you want to go to guildhalldiamonds.com for your visual pleasure have a look at the uh, the collection thus far and we'll get into that uh, after a short break. This is the Real Money Show Talk Radio AM 640. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Go to guildhalldiamonds.com to check out the collection. Guys, my favorite segment of the show every week is talking about the diamonds because you can see them, you can enjoy them and love them. Absolutely, John. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I've just made a, quite a large purchase of a parcel of colored diamonds. Uh, they were select diamonds. They are orangey pink. Now, the two colors together... Pink is extremely rare. Mm. Orange is very, very rare. So between orange and pink, they're orangey pinks. They are absolutely gorgeous. They're not big stones. That's why I kind of got excited. It's a large parcel. I'll give you a kind of example. Um, we have a 0. 0.30, just you know, under a third of a carat. Uh, fancy orangey pink. They're all VS quality, by the way, which means very slightly included, which is top of the line. Um, you're looking at a, a stone you can get into the market for 10,800 US. Now, this is an investment-grade stone that's going to show you a return. You know, I won't exaggerate, but it could be anywhere from 12 to 16, 17% a year um, going forward. Um, that's the type of return we, we're looking at on these diamonds. And I bought them at a great price. That's why I can offer, uh, you know, some of these diamonds at incredible prices. They, most of these diamonds are all cushion, which, again, because they're cushion, the cut of a cushion diamond, the scintillation, the colors that fly for the diamonds are just incredible. Well, so the cut is really important. Every one of the diamonds I bought is either VS1, VS2. There's a few couple of VVS2s. But there's another example. I've got an intense orangey pink, uh, 0.35, just over a third Mm. of a carat. Again, you're looking at 20,300 US. Um, This is a type of stone, as I said, will will get you a return of 12, 15, 18% a year uh, going forward. They're extremely rare. um, And the reason I bought this, this parcel is that, you know, we have diamonds on our website. We start off at $10,000 and we go up to half a million dollars. We have diamonds that are in the million dollar ranges, two, three million dollars, that it's silly putting it up on the website because, you know, how many yeah. buyers you've got that have got that type of scratch, be honest. Yep. You know, it's like the art auction this week, the Group of Seven painting went for $11 million. Now, whoever thought a Canadian artist right. would get $11 million? Um, you know, last week at one of the auctions at Sotheby's, um, a, a watch went for was it eleven or twelve million dollars? There was only four in the world, but a watch. A batik Philippe. Batik Philippe, Philippe. Yeah. You know, twelve million dollars. Um, so people are looking for hard assets. Um, they're scared of fiat currency. The value of paper, you know, is getting very, very scary. Um, the average person makes a paycheck. There's a lot of people out there have two jobs. You know. There's not many people that are in the 1%. There's 99% that are not in that 1%. Right. You know, they don't. They live paycheck to paycheck. They're looking to save money. They're looking for a good investment, and they're looking for return. They're terrified of the stock market. They're not making any money in the bank. They're not getting any interest. Um, yes, they're making money in their homes, but their home is right now as an ATM machine. When is that bubble going to burst? And then all of a sudden, if interest rates start creeping up, you know, homes – 
are going to be up for sale. People are not going to be able to afford to pay those mortgages. So natural fancy colored diamonds, especially, you know, pinks and oranges are a great, great investment. I just want to run through a couple more of these stones. I got a 0.32. It's uh, an orangey pink. Again, it's a it's a what we call a, a deep orangey pink. So it's a great, great color. Um, you're looking at twelve thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. It's a great stone to get started with. It's a stone that you can put into a piece of jewelry by you know maybe spending twenty five hundred dollars. You can make a beautiful, beautiful ring. We're coming into Christmas, coming into the holidays. What a great gift to give to you know to a loved one. And you know we've got a long list of these diamonds, um, but the orangey pinks do extremely well in the market. They always get appraised very, very high, A, because of the orange color, B, because of the pink. And they are just super, super stones that you can start off with. Whether you want to just put it away in a safe deposit box or put it into a piece of jewelry, you're going to get an investment that's going to make you money. Um, So give us a call. Come view the collection. They're coming in next week. I'll be happy to run through you know, whether it's myself, Jeremy, Darren, we'll be happy to, you know, take you through the whole press process. We have a 10-step buying guide. Every diamond we have comes with a GIA, which is a Gemology Institute of America. That is the diamond grade. That is tells you everything about the diamond. So call us, make an appointment. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamondscom to check out the collection, Darren. I think from a practical standpoint, a lot of people ask themselves, why would I look at a colored diamond as an investment or an opportunity to to buy something different than, let's say, gold or silver or stocks or other uh, financial instruments? And I think that what people need to recognize is that the industry is telling us, and that is, number one, they're, they're making they're making this more readily available. So although the rarity factor means we have a very limited number of colored diamonds, the amount of people in the world that are exposing this to their clients is growing. And it's growing at a pace faster than many other instruments that are new to the market. It's a hedge against economic and political instability just like gold and silver. It's also capital preservation and wealth creation mechanism. You can take a diamond that you might have paid twenty or thirty thousand for based on what history has told us and sell that diamond in ten or fifteen years for two, maybe three, maybe four times. We don't know what the future holds in terms of appraising uh, the value, but we do know that we haven't seen any uh, deterioration in pricing per carat on these investment grade stones. The ownership of a colored diamond is private. It's a very discreet transfer of wealth if it needs to be passed down from generation to generation or from spouse to spouse. These are things that can be placed in a safety deposit box with a key, go and pick it up, and then move it down the road somewhere to another location, or if it comes time to sell, it's an opportunity. And of course, when you're talking about moving anywhere, you're talking about the transportability, the ease of movement with a high amount of value. So if you're what you would be considered an accredited investor, or if you spent millions in the market, you have a larger portfolio and you have some discernible, uh, disposable income at your uh, at your fingertips, then this is the type of investment where you can literally take a percentage of your wealth and be able to transport it around the world comfortably and have it replaced in that particular part of the world in a new currency if that need be. The interesting thing is as well, uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago uh, that we uh, won an Argyle tender stone. Mm-hmm. You know, the 60 stones going into the Argyle tender. We won a 0.55 deep pink VVS quality uh, diamond, a 2P color, which is an extraordinary color. It's almost strawberry, the diamond. It's it's just incredible. But I already had an offer this week from a dealer out of New York that wanted to give me $30,000 profit on that diamond because he wanted to sell that diamond to somebody to put into a piece of jewelry because giving, knowing that that's from the Argyle tender – it just puts up the price. You bet. It's something special. 60 stones put into the tender. You know, the tender's been going for 30 years. You know, how many stones is that? 1,800 tender stones throughout the world for it's the last much. 30 years. That mine is closing very shortly. You know, this is a win-win. And what happens is at auctions last week, you know, Graf um, bought – was it Sotheby's or Christie's uh, last week, Darren? Sotheby's. Sotheby's. He bought, 
you know, a 17-carat pink uh, for an incredible amount of money. I think it was 18, 19 million. I mean, this man is the largest, one of the largest jewelers in the world. He loves colored diamonds. And he's when he's even sold a colored diamond, he's even bought it back Mm -hmm. after he sold it because he really doesn't want to let it go because he knows the value of these products. White diamonds, yeah, they're great. There's a lot out there. Unless you're buying a 25, 30-carat white D, internally flawless, you're talking about millions and millions. That's the type of stone that goes up. You know, a white engagement ring, you know, a carat G quality VS or SI1, you can buy that same diamond 15 years after you get engaged or married, it'll be the same price. It won't go up in, in value because there's so many of them. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver to see the collection, guildhalldiamonds.com. Hey, Darren. Well, I did want to bring this around into the perspective of who is investing and who is saying what about diamonds. And sometimes it's important to understand that although we're inside the industry, uh, market outsiders are also talking very favorably about what the diamond market is doing. Now, here I have a quote from a gentleman named Mark Kiesel, who is with PIMCO. PIMCO is the largest bond trader in the entire world, situated out of the U.S., and of course, he is talking about uh, diamonds in general, but in particular, he isolates the colored diamond uh, market, and his quote is, the other area where we are optimistic is the colored diamond industry. Thanks to supply and demand dynamics, the emergence of the emerging markets middle class means that demand is rapidly increasing as consumers purchase diamonds for jewelry or as a store of wealth. However, supply is relatively constrained and unlikely to keep up with that demand. And again, when you see people like that, that are discussing the potential of something like a colored diamond, it means that they're paying attention and that they are also probably coming up with unique ways to market colored diamonds to their clientele. Don't be the last one to know. I mean, if you're an investor and you're thinking about buying a colored diamond or this is something that you'd like to find out more about, then engage and do your research. Become uh, a person who is somewhat of an expert. You know, find out more about the topic. Use Guild Hall to do that. Our website is fantastic for people who are getting familiar with colored diamonds. But more importantly, set yourself a budget and a goal defined by what you can afford. We're not here to test your pocketbook, and of course, we want you to be happy as a client. And as Paul has always said, the diamond will most likely pick you. So when it does come to come uh, does come time to come into Guild Hall, sit down, talk with us. More than likely, you're going to sit in front of a few yellows and pinks. You'll find one that definitely says that's for me. And talking about yellows, uh, we've sent out a, an email this week. Uh, it's a uh, and a, a pre-look at a diamond that was going on to the website, and I think it's going to be on our Precious Metal Advisor. Um, but it's a 106 vivid, oval, internally flawless, vivid diamond. Absolutely stunning. This would make the most beautiful, mm. beautiful ring uh, that you could really want. I mean, you wouldn't even have to go crazy, you know, on the on putting in white diamonds you could probably put a one row or two rows of white diamonds a double stem you know on the on the ring it's going to look absolutely stunning that it's a deep deep yellow the colors the scintillation that just fly off of this diamond is incredible um we're going to be putting it up on the website it's going to be just under uh thirty thousand dollars us but we've actually put it on a little cheaper to our, our customers, our collectors at 28.5. It's first come, first serve. This stone is going to go really, really quickly because it's absolutely stu- stunning. It's an oval shape, which makes it just an incredible, incredible diamond. And again, it's yellow, it's vivid, it's internally flawless. Uh, it's just a stunning, beautiful stone. You know, there's something cool, Darren, about someone gets a setting, say, with a $30,000 diamond with a halo of whites. I mean, that's people. a lot of people have that money for an investment, but just to have that on your finger, walk through a mall or a Starbucks, and people just don't know what's on that finger. There's something so cool about that. Well, it is, and again, it could be your own circle of friends that understand it better than anybody because right. that's what you do. You buy these high net uh, value 
pieces. And of course, most families are familiar with what it is to have an engagement ring or a diamond ring for any kind of occasion, a birthday, an anniversary, a push present, a baby being born. There's so many ideas that you can come up with, but to be able to wear wealth on your finger and know that, okay, in this day and age, perhaps the idea of what we're going to consider as a colored diamond is going to be different than what we would have thought of of, as with a white diamond is amazing. It's an amazing concept. And when you can wear it around like that and have it insured and and uh, show it off and let other people know what you've got. Pretty wicked. Yeah, talk talk is uh, talk keeps going, and of course you you get that shared with other people. And I can't tell you how many times, John, we've got a phone call saying, "Hey, I'm it's uh, it's Doug. I'm calling. I was uh, at a party on the weekend, and I uh, came ran into one of your clients, and he said uh, I'd like to know more about how I could get a cocktail ring made for my wife as well, similar to what you had on so and so's finger. That happens on a regular basis. And you know what the unique thing about it is? One of the fun parts about getting a colored diamond, unlike investing and being stressed over stocks and worrying about whether they're going to go higher is number one, they don't lose value. And number two, you get a custom experience. You get to sit down, custom design the piece with a jeweler and give your input on what you'd like to see. If you want a halo like you were talking about, if you want to add more different types of gold or silver or platinum to the setting, you can do so many different things. The the world is really your oyster. And uh, when it comes to Guild Hall, that experience is important. It's part of our process as customer service. You know, we're also members of the NCDIA, which is a National Colored Diamond Institute. Uh, We also belong to the Colored Diamond Research Foundation. Now, they do reports. They work with the largest jewelers in the world, the largest manufacturers of cutters and polishers. Now, as an example, when you get by a one-carat to a three-carat vivid, internally flawless, most people don't understand there's only probably 8 to 10 of these stones manufactured every year. That tells you how rare. I'm not talking about VS, and I'm not talking about SI1 and SI2 and I1. There's lots of those stones out there. And for the people that are just listening, and when we talk about SI1, SI2, what it means is that you can actually see the inclusions with a naked eye. When you get into an internally flawless, there is no inclusions. When you get into a VVS... There is very, very slight, and you need a 40 times microscope to even see the inclusion. And with a VS, VS1, VS2, you know, you need a jeweler's loop and a very, very skilled, trained eye to find that inclusion to know what even you're looking for. But when you buy an SI1, SI2, I1, you know, these are stones that have inclusions. You can actually see, you know, some black in the diamond, or you can see little crevices. So it's important that you buy something of clarity that is really top-notch. So when we look at a, a vivid, internally flawless, one carat to three carat, you've got to take into re- realization eight to 12 of these 10, 12 stones a year come to market. Anybody that owns a Vivid, internally flawless, it's money in the bank. You don't want to sell that product. You want to hold on to that product because it's only going to make you money. That type of stone, a Vivid IF, will increase anywhere from 15 to 30% a year, but you have to hold on to it. The next person, if you want to sell a diamond, you've got to remember when you're trying to sell that, the next person is going to get the best deal. Because you're going to have to sell it a, below, a little bit below the market to get that seller straight away. So why sell something when it's going to keep on going up, you know, anywhere, as I said, from 15 to 30% a year? You hold a stone for 10, 15 years, you're just going to walk away with nothing but money. one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com, Darren. And I mean, too, if you look at some of the higher-end diamonds, and we don't get many blues in, it's just too hard to acquire, we'd love to find more, but there is just certainly a shortage of them. Uh, you can look to the Fancy Color Research Foundation for a little more evidence as to what's happening in that particular market. And again, this is shedding light on what the other colors are also doing, but they say that between 2008 to 2014, the average increase in a blue uh, vivid diamond 
was approximately 308 was 308 percent, which is about 51.1 percent per year. Now, if you stretch that out to 2008 to 2016 in eight years, that's about 410 percent. I mean, that's insane. We don't even talk about those numbers really because we don't want clients to get their hopes up that high. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if we were to go to acquire one of these diamonds, it would be near impossible because the price per carat is changing so frequently that if we wait on the diamond even a month or two to try and build up a little bit of uh, you know buyer prowess or or to find the right client to put that diamond to, there is probably a, a likelihood that the price per carat is going to rise again over oh, a couple yeah. of months. Happens with pinks too. Yeah. You know, Darren's talking about blues. We had a 106 Vivid internally flawless blue. We sold it about five, six years ago. I wish I had that stone back today. As Darren said, I'd have made three. You know, we had it on the website. I think for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, I sold it back to a dealer, I think, you know, that wanted it desperately for a client, and I think we sold it for 660 US. Wow. Today, that stone would be a million and a half dollars. Damn. Um, but again, you, you know, we can't hold on to everything. We're in the business of procuring and selling diamonds. So again, if, you, if you're a, a buyer, you can get into the market for as little as $10,000. You know, we have right now, I, I'm not sure whether it's gone up on the website, but we have a 0.72 Fancy, vivid, purposely pink uh, VS1. This stone is $565,000 US. It's an Argyle. People say, wow, $565,000 US? But that stone's going to go up in value 30, 35, 40% every year. Uh. It's going to just increase. So, you know, if, if you're in real estate, you know, are you at the top of the market? In the stock market, have you hit the, the high? Is it going to take money off the table it might be a great opportunity to look at a diamond that's you know three four hundred thousand dollars or look at a diamond for ten thousand dollars you're still going to make money whichever diamond you buy we'll take a short break the number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com as uh, mentioned before if you're using a registered account to get some precious metals some physical metals into that account whether it's rsp tfsa resp and the like for every five thousand dollars u.s invested in that account you'll receive a gram of gold courtesy of guildhall more of the real money show coming right up stand by one eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com darren take us home pal well, listen, I want to remind people that if you're buying silver right now for every 100 ounces, no matter the denomination or type of product that you're buying, every 100 ounces that you buy, you're going to get one free ounce in the form of a maple leaf coin. That's and in the e-store, not in the RS. Right. Correct. That's in the e-store. When you're buying online, if you're buying from us, you're going to get one free ounce for every 100 ounces that you buy, and we're happy to do it. We do the offer of the one gram of gold for every 5,000 US you spend in your RSP or registered TFSA or an the other registered accounts up to a maximum of 10 grams. And again, that's just our way of saying thank you for your business. It's greatly appreciated. And on orders of over $350, we're shipping free. So that's an extra bonus between now and the end of the year. $350 is not a lot of money to spend on gold and silver, but the shipping is free. Of course, that's also through our e-store as well. And you can find all that information, as John has said many times through the show, at the website going to guildhallwealth.com. Now, earlier in the show, I did say we're going to finish off the show with a couple of decent articles. One is from the Silver Doctors. It's called The U.S. Silver Market Just Experienced Two Significant Developments. And uh, this article I printed off and brought with me was posted on November the 23rd. And it says, from SRS Rocco uh, report, according to the United States Geological Survey most recent report, the U.S. silver market experienced two significant developments in August. From the data published in the USGS August Silver Mineral Industry Survey, U.S. silver production declined significantly while silver imports surged to near record highs. U.S. silver production in August is down a stunning 14% compared to the same month last year and down 10% versus the previous month. This is, as the article says, a huge decline in comparison to the trend earlier in the year where the average U.S. silver mine supply was approximately 95 metric tons a month. What makes this quite surprising is that the price of silver hit a high of 20.7 in August, nearly $5 higher than during January, March. So why is the U.S. silver production declining so much? Well, the person who wrote this article for the SRS Rocker Report claims to have called the USGS and is waiting a reply and will hopefully bring that to you next week. And then secondly, 
On the heels of that development, the U.S. silver imports hit a near-record high of 581 metric tons in August versus just over 500 metric tons in July and below 470 metric tons in June. Again, another significant development. Why is there more silver coming into a country which is touting uh, a a need to move away from these types of uh, non-interest-bearing assets? Of course, no dividends being paid. They're relics, as some people have called them. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because, in my opinion, these are both valued assets, ones that protect wealth, whether it's gold or silver. There is much to be discussed, and there is much being written about the true value over decades of time. We're not talking about you know, open windows of a month here, a week here, a couple of days there, a year here. We're talking about the last 40, 50 years and what silver has done. This large jump in U.S. silver imports is interesting as demand for the uh, ETF and the, the various other measurement tools that we can use to see where the demand is coming from was basically flat in August, even though the SLV ETF silver inventory surged during the first half of the year, it was again very flat during the month of July and August. And these are the way we found out, these are the way we find out what's happening in the overall supply. Now, if you apply that to Guildhall, well, we did have an uptick in those months, again, within our firm that supports this notion, people were moving to physical at a much higher rate. What was the news? What was it based on? It might have been the fact that there was more demand for uh, industry to build quicker uh, in terms of preparing for the season coming, in terms of what might be available for retail and the usage of industrial metal that goes into the products being created. It could have been that. There's all kinds of reasons. But if this is a trend that develops, mark my words, uh, a shortage will happen a lot quicker than anybody can guess. Now, Paul said because of the demand in coins, we've already witnessed coming up to the end of the year, uh, a complete shutdown of the uh, operation at the U.S. Mint until the new year in terms of rationing for Silver Eagles because they're at their maximum capacity. So that is another sign of things to come. And again, not all of these things impact the paper price directly that you see on a day-to-day basis. This is some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that happens between mines that's pulling that are pulling raw product out of the ground. And I do want to remind our listeners of the importance of understanding that there is very little in the way of primary silver coming out of the ground in this day and age. The majority of it in the U.S. comes out of Nevada, but as a whole, less than 25% of the product coming to market on a yearly basis comes from primary silver mines. The rest comes as a byproduct of gold, copper, zinc, lead mining. So when you're looking at what's happening in those particular arenas, if they are witnessing any pullback or drops, surely silver is going to be impacted by that. Now, I also said that we were going to talk quickly about four reasons that silver prices per ounce are severely undervalued. Now, I'm going to leave you with this and let you do your research and think about it. One is industrial fundamentals, and we just talked about that. There could be a ton of new applications that we're going to see in the next decade. And as Paul mentioned earlier in the show, it's in everything that we use. And as well, you're going to see silver prices rebound because of it. That's demand side of things. Now we're looking at relative cost. Look at how cheap silver is overall. At $16 and change, it's still deemed a precious metal. It's nowhere near what it was even a month, two ago, so it's very undervalued at this point in time. Silver to gold relationship, which is the ratio between gold and silver, it's extremely high, meaning, again, silver is lagging. It needs to pick up steam. And the last one is basically that when you put all of them together, again, you you find yourself in the perfect storm. So if you're coming to Guildhall to buy product, you can do it physically and physically only. Whether it's in your registered accounts, whether you're storing in our depository, please use our website, call our number, get in touch with us and find out all of the reasons why you should be owning gold and silver now. Yeah, and the other thing is it's not digital paper. We don't sell securities, we don't sell ETFs, we don't sell certs, certificates, we don't do futures or options and fusions. It's the physical product. Take it home, put it in the depository, put it into a registered account. You're getting physical product. One eight seven seven eight silver is that number one more time. And guildhallwealth.com is the website. Real Money Show, Talk Radio, AM640. The following show references the opinions of Guildhall and the representatives and is for information purposes only. It is not intended to be investment advice. Guildhall suggests that you always seek the opinion of a duly licensed professional for investment advice before you make the decision to invest in any of the mentioned products.